Welcome to the audio podcast of Believer's House. We are a multi-generational, multi-ethnic church in the city of Halifax, Nova Scotia, called to lead people to Jesus, make them more like Him, and see them lead others to Him. We hope this message you are about to listen to inspires you to become more like Jesus in your thoughts, words, and actions. Okay, so a pastor dies and is waiting in line at the gates of heaven. Ahead of him is a guy who is wearing sunglasses, a loud jacket, and jeans. St. Peter asked the cool guy, Who are you so I know whether to admit you into heaven? The guy replied, I'm Dennis, retired airline pilot from Florida. St. Peter consults a list, smiles, and says to the pilot, Take this silk robe and this gold stuff and enter the kingdom. The pilot goes into heaven with his robe and stuff. Next, it's the pastor's turn. He stands tall and declares, I'm Pastor Bob, senior pastor of Christian Life Center in California for the last 30 years. St. Peter again consults his list, looks at him and says, take this cotton robe, this wooden stuff, and enter into the kingdom. The pastor says, wait a minute, the pilot gets a silk robe and a gold stuff and I only get cotton and wood? How can this be? And Peter responds, you see, up, up here we only go by results. When you preached, people slept. But when he flew, people prayed. <laughs> Glory be to God. All right, so let's, yeah, let's take our confession and get right into the message uh, today, okay? Say with me, every day. Come on, you need to stop laughing and let's take the confession, okay? Say every day and in every way. I'm becoming more like Jesus. I'm becoming more like Jesus. One more time, say I'm becoming more like Jesus in my thoughts, in my words, and in my actions, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we have come again before your word today, as always, like people that appreciate your word, that know the value of your word, that know that he that that finds your word actually finds a great treasure. We ask for eyes that see and ears that hear, hearts that understand who we are in Jesus Christ and who Jesus is in us. Ask for me that you anoint me and my lips of clay, let your word come unhindered and unchecked by any outside force, so that at the end of the message, your people will be edified and your name alone will be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, uh, we're starting a new series uh, today that we have called Wisdom for Crossroads. Wisdom for Crossroads. Uh, again, this is, this is a series of messages, hopefully over the next three weeks, um, as the Lord has led me to, to prepare, prepare it. And while I was preparing the message, I, you know, it also occurred to me that I need to say a few, you know, put out a few disclaimers concerning this. And the, it's one of those messages, again, you know, like the last series that we did, that don't have points, okay? And it's one of those ones, especially this particular uh, series of messages. I like, there's one particular message in this series that I love to preach. I actually enjoy preaching it. And when, when, I, when I share those kind of messages, sometimes I can, I can go too deep. So I want, I, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that God will help me, you know, to simplify some of those things, uh, but not to op- oversimplify it at the same time. So uh, it's going to take a, a lot of wisdom, you see, so God is going to have to help me here. Uh, but you need to stay with me, okay? Don't, you cannot be distracted in this series. This is not one of those simple messages, okay? Uh, we, are, we are going to look into, into the scriptures and really see what, what wisdom is and, and how it applies to us at crossroads, at the crossroads of our lives. So we're going to be, of course, you know that our preferred translation around here is the New King James Version of the Bible, and I've told you before why that is. Uh, But for today, I'm going to be switching between the New King James and the New Living Translation. Just because while I was preparing this, that translation 
uh, uh, kind of sat better with with me concerning the 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 the, the, the things I was trying to you know describe and the words that the translation uses. They, 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 are, they are very simple, they are clear, so that it's not, you know, it helps me not to make the message too complex, okay? So let's start out here in Proverbs chapter number 8. Uh, I'm going to read 21 verses, all right? If you're not happy that I read too many scriptures, that's a you problem. It's not a me problem, <laughs> because I'm here to, to show you the scriptures. I'm not here to share my ideas with you, okay? So let's, let's look at Proverbs chapter 8 from verse 1 to 21. I will do the reading. All you have to do is listen. Follow me with your Bibles, and let's, let's look at it together. This is very, it's a very simple read. Yeah, that's why we're using the New Living Translation, okay? From verse 1, Proverbs chapter 8, from verse 1 to 21, here's what it says. Listen as wisdom calls out. Hear as understanding raises her voice. On the hilltop along the road, she takes a stand at the crossroads. By the gates at the entrance to the town, on the road leading in, she cries aloud. I call to you, to all of you. I raise my voice to all people. You simple people, use good judgment. You foolish people, show some understanding. Listen to me, for I have important things to tell you. Everything I say is right, for I speak the truth and detest every kind of deception. My advice is wholesome. There is nothing devious or crooked in it. My words are plain to anyone with understanding, clear to those with knowledge. Choose my instruction rather than silver, and knowledge rather than pure gold. For wisdom is far more valuable than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with it. I, wisdom, live together with good judgment. I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech. Common sense and success belong to me. Insights and strength are mine. Because of me, kings reign, and rulers make just decrees. Rulers lead with my help, and nobles make righteous judgments. I love all who love me. Those who search will surely find me. I have riches and honor, as well as enduring wealth and justice. My gifts are better than gold, even the purest gold. My wages better than sterling silver. I walk in righteousness, in paths of justice. Those who love me inherit wealth. I will fill their treasuries. Glory be to God. This is wisdom speaking. So uh, I want to start out here by pointing you to the first four verses of this, of this chapter here that we just read. Wisdom is calling out and raising a voice. That's what it says. Wisdom is calling out and raising a voice. Wisdom is taking a stand at the crossroads. So there is something called crossroads. And, and it is an intersection where there are two options. And wisdom, it says, is standing at that intersection and it's, it's calling out, it's raising a voice and asking for people to pay attention, trying to communicate something at that intersection. All right, so verse 1 says, listen as wisdom calls out. He's advising us to listen as wisdom calls out. Hear as understanding raises a voice on the hilltop along the road. She takes a stand at the crossroads, at a point where people can hear. All right? Now, verse 3 says, by, by the gates or at the entrance to the town, on the road leading in, she cries aloud, I call to you, to all of you. And this is very important. It says, I'm calling to every single person. I raise my voice to all people. So, wisdom is not standing here and selecting people. 
It's not choosing people. It's raising his voice and calling for every single person to pay attention. Because whatever wisdom is trying to communicate here is something that is applicable to all people. It's applicable to every single person, and there are no select few that wisdom want to inter- wants to interact with. Wisdom wants to interact with every single one of us. And why is this so? We'll see that in a minute. Elsewhere, it also says that wisdom is shouting, crying out in the streets, depending on the translation that you use. But let's stay with the New Living Translation. Proverbs chapter number 1, from verse 20 to 21. Proverbs chapter 1, 20 to 21, here's what it says. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street to those gathered in front of the city gates. Look at that. So why are these scriptures talking about streets and intersections? What is so special about streets and intersections? Why is wisdom, why did wisdom choose to stay at streets and intersections? What's so special about streets and intersections? The truth is nothing. There's nothing special about them. And that's the main point here. That is the crux of the matter. Because you see, everyone has access to intersections. Every single one of us have access to the streets. And stay with me here. We're going somewhere, okay? Every single person has access to crossroads. So intersections, are, the, are like I said before, are those points on the road where there are two options. We have one right here at the corner of our church where you can either go right or go left. But you see, when you get to an intersection, it can be one, either one of two things. It can either be a crossroads to you or a turn on your journey, depending on whether or not you know where you are going. You need to stay with me now, okay? See, when you get to an intersection, uh, what you call it depends on whether you know where you are going or not. If you get to a crossroads and you know where you are going, it is only a turn. So you just either turn right or you turn left. But if you get to a crossroads, an intersection, and you don't know where you are going, you have not been instructed where you are going, you haven't seen or heard where you are going, it becomes a crossroads. Then you, 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 you seem confused. But it chose intersections. Wisdom chose the streets and intersections because everyone has access to it. And listen to this. Everyone goes through intersections. Therefore, every single one of us grow, go through these crossroads. We all have decisions that we need to make. So intersections is a place of decision and a place of choice. These are, these are the choices you make that determine your destiny. They determine your destination. You see, when, when you, 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 like I was saying here, you can either, if you go left on, at our intersection here, you know, you are, going, you are going back to Bedford. But if you go right, then you are going into Ammon's Plains. You cannot achieve the same result by taking, by taking the, the left that you would achieve if you take the right. So when you get to an intersection and you make a choice, you are choosing not just a turn but a destination. And this is so important because this, these intersections represent crossroads in our lives. They represent places where we have to make important choices, life choices, important decisions that shape the course of our lives, that shape our destiny, that shapes what we eventually become. This, the job that you, that you take, should I take this job? Should I take that job? The school that you attend, should I go to this school or that school? All of those different choices culminate into what your life eventually becomes, the direction that your life eventually goes in. Who should I marry, this person or that person? <laughs> or of course, you, I, I know you have heard it, that this one is probably the most important one that you would ever make. Because who you choose to marry, as a, if, in fact, you can, I, I dare say that you, you cannot achieve, you become the same person that you are if you marry somebody that you're not supposed to marry. That's the honest truth. 
And sometimes it's not about, you know, this person being bad or this person not being bad. I like to say that all the time because, you see, it's not about any human being being bad. It's just that if you marry somebody that was not designed for you, your life will not be all that it was supposed to be. So those are, these are choices. These are things. And even more seriously, there are, you know, intersections and crossroads are places where we have to choose between the spirit and the flesh, where we have to make a decision whether we are going to go the way of the flesh or go the way of the spirit. These are things that we have to decide in the sacred place where nobody knows the decision you are making. Nobody can see you. But when you choose to do the right thing when no one is watching you, you are actually making a life or death choice. You are taking a turn. It's a crossroad. I, I, I remember when I was a youth pastor, I always tell them that, you know, there, there's, there's, different, there, there's something called choices that lead to chains. The, the, the choices you make early in your life always have a way of creating a habit that becomes a stronghold in your life, that becomes something that, that changes you, that, you know, it, it takes a lot to break free of those things. But that's not where I'm going today. You see, crossroads are where we directly or indirectly make decisions that are linked to the fulfillment of God's plan for our lives. See, it's not God's fault when people don't achieve their maximum potential. And this is what I, I'm, I'm praying to God that this series would achieve in, in our lives as a church. That you see, we, we can't blame God because somebody's potential is unfulfilled. It is to maximize destiny is a function of your choices. Maximizing destiny is a function of getting to a crossroad and acknowledging the Lord. To understand that you need wisdom when you get to a crossroad. When you get to a point in your life where they are offering you this job, it's more money, it's closer to your house, and this other job they are offering you is far away from your house, it's not as much pay, you need to sit down and say, there's, there's something here. This is not, you know, you know we, we have a way of calling things like that no-brainers. We say, oh, that's a no-brainer. I mean, they are offering you this job, you know, it just reminds me of when we moved from, from BC to Halifax, and everybody kept saying, oh, that means you got a better job, you know, that means you got a better job, you know, or, or that means, oh, that means you bought a house there, you know, and people have this, these things that we have almost created as expectations to say, this is the only reason why people do this. So if somebody is moving from a, a, a province that seems like they have more people, you know, they have more opportunities, and moving to a, a, another province that doesn't seem as much as, you know, is flamboyant, flamboyant in that sense, right? Then that means that they must, have, they must have a better job or they must have more money, okay? Not understanding that I actually took a pay cut to come to this place because it was a place of destiny. It was a place of assignment. It was a place that God was saying, this is where I need you to be. So it's not about being in a place where, so you have to sit down. When you, when you get to those points in your life where you are, you, are, you are faced with that kind of choice, there's no brainer when it comes to working with God. There's nothing like a no brainer uh-huh, when it comes to working with God. I need you to understand that. That when God is operating with you and taking you somewhere in your life, never get to a point when you say something is a no brainer. That doesn't exist with God. You have to sit down. The Bible says at, at crossroads, acknowledge the Lord. You need to acknowledge. You need to understand that there is a God who is working with me and I need to know why it is that he brought me to this point. And I need to listen to the voice of wisdom at this intersection to know where I need to turn to. Because where you choose to turn to will determine where you end up. Where you choose to turn to determines exactly where you end up. Where you end up is not determined by the map in your hand. <laughs> you, you, you will miss your turn. The moment you go the wrong way, you can add another 30 minutes to your journey. Have you ever been in a vehicle and you're trying to navigate with the GPS? The minute you miss one turn, especially around here <laughs> on the highways that we have in Canada, the minute you miss one turn, 
you know, it's not like, you know, in other parts of the world, I don't want to mention any country before people start sending me emails, you know. It's not like all those countries in the world where you can quickly make one illegal turn in the middle of the highway. Here, the minute you do that, you, you won't go beyond 10 or 15 minutes before the, the, the police will, pu will pull you over because somebody's going to call the police that they saw this fellow <laughs> who looks like somebody who is not supposed to be here, all right? So we, we don't do that. So once you miss a turn, you, you, must, you, can, you can add 40 minutes sometimes to your journey and you wonder, this is the same place. How come? Because those intersections are there for a reason. And the minute you take a wrong turn, you have to go all the way around. This is why it's so important that when you get to those points in your life, you settle down. You settle down and you understand, you know, what it is that God wants me to learn here and how can I navigate this particular situation. You see, th this issue of success in life is something that people define in a lot of ways. And it almost creates a controversy where people say, you know, how do you define success? And they want to make a big deal out of it. That ah, success, you know, success means different things to different people. Listen, success doesn't mean different things. So what success is, is progressively moving towards the fulfillment of God's plan for your life. That's what it means, that you are, you are successful in life according to God's definition, is that every point in time, the Bible says the path of the just is as a shining light. It shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. That you are progressively, progressively moving towards the plan that God has for you, not the plan that you created for yourself. You are moving towards God's plan for you. In other words, John the Baptist was poor, but the Bible says Jesus himself said, amongst men, this guy is the greatest. Abraham was rich, and God still said, <laughs> I count righteousness to him because of his faith. Do you understand? So it's not about uh, rich or poor, and, and it could be either way. It could be vice versa. So what success simply means is that you, you are moving in the direction of the plan and the intent that God had in mind for you. And this crossroads is what determines whether we are able to do this or not. The crossroads of our lives, and, and we have said that everybody goes through intersections. Everybody goes through crossroads. No matter how many years you have been a Christian, you will always go through this crossroads, and you need wisdom for this crossroads, all right? So some crossroads really are literally life or death choices. There are some of them that you will get to, and it, it really, really just looks like all hope is lost. You look at it, and like, you know, some are easier than others. Like what I'm saying, like you want to choose a school, you know, all those ones are still easier. Like there are some <laughs> that, are, that are life or death scenarios that... You are faced with a challenge, a dilemma, and you know that if God doesn't help you here, something, something is going to go wrong, and that's what you need to settle down. You need to, to steal the noise, and we'll get to that in a second here. You need to steal the noise and settle down and listen to what wisdom is trying to communicate with you. And sometimes the only reason why we feel as if all hope is lost is really because we cannot see a way out. When you stand at an intersection and you say, ah, there's no road, no, it's because you can't see the road. You can't see the way out. And people literally use that statement to say, I don't see a way out of this. That's the reason why people, people give up in life. That's the reason why you see people slip into, into patterns, into things. And you say, look at this, this guy who had all, the, all of this potential when we were in school. Look at where, where his life is. What's going on with him? It's because people get to places in their lives where it, it literally looks like there's no way out. But there's never a point in your life where there's no way out. That's the honest truth. The point is you cannot see a way out. That is different from there not being a way out. It, it reminds me of the story of Elisha and, and his servants. It's in 2 Kings chapter number 6. And let me just show you what I'm trying to say here. 2 Kings chapter number 6 from verse 15 to verse 17. Here's what it says. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, 
what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. So Elisha was telling his servant, don't be afraid. There are more on our side than theirs. But the servant could see with his physical eyes, he could see chariots, horses from the enemy. Now, Elisha understood that this, he can't stop here. I can't just tell this guy that there are more on our side than theirs. He doesn't understand what I'm saying. So look at what happens next. Verse 17. Then Elisha prayed. Elisha prayed. Oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. So Elisha understood that for this guy to come to the same conclusion that I have come to, he needs to see what I am seeing. He needs to see the way I am seeing. So when God opened his eyes and he saw that there were, there were, there were more with them truly than was against them, then he understood that we are not at a, at a dead end. There is a way out of this because now he could see. So that's what you need to pray about. Your biggest prayer should be for eyes that see and ears that hear. Eyes that see and ears that hear. That's, this is one of my, my own life verses. It's in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 12. That's why you hear me pray this all the time. Ears to hear and eyes to see. Both are gifts from the Lord. If you go through life with the ability to hear and the ability to see, you will never be defeated. Write that down. If you go through life as a Christian, if you go through your life with the ability to hear from God and eyes to see what God wants you to see at every single point in time, you, you, you can never be defeated. Nothing, you can never get to a point where it looks as, there's no, as if there's no way out. So the wisdom that will set your life apart is calling to you at a major intersection of your life. Every time you get to a crossroad, maybe you're not there right now, but I promise you, as long as you continue to live on this earth, you will get to a crossroad. When you get there, I'm saying to you that the wisdom that wants to set your life apart is calling out to you at that intersection. What you need to do is to pray for ears to hear and eyes to see because the Bible says they are both gifts from the Lord. You only need to see clearly. You need to see where you need to turn to and hear the instructions that you need to hear. So when you can see a way out, it suddenly is no longer a crossroad, but it's just a turn. That's what we said at the beginning. So the minute you get to the intersection and you know, you, you, you can hear where you're going. Maybe the voice in, in the GPS telling you, turn left or turn right at, at one, 100 kilometers, turn right. You know, then you know. You, you, you immediately, it's no longer a crossroad. It's no longer a big deal. It's no longer a challenge. You, you, you know where you're going now. So then it becomes a turn. But, the, but as, as far as you can't see or, and you cannot hear, it's a problem. So we said there's no big deal about intersections and streets. We said everybody has access to it. But there's a small problem with intersections and streets. Because it says wisdom is there crying out at intersections. There's a small problem there. The problem with intersections and streets is that they are very noisy. That is why wisdom has to shout. That's why you, you saw the Bible kept saying wisdom is crying, it's screaming, it's shouting, it's yelling. Why? Because intersections and streets can be very busy. They can be extremely busy. And this is very, very crucial. So you need to be able to tune out the noise. You need to be able to discern the voice of wisdom in the midst of the noise. You need to be able to recognize the voice of wisdom in the midst of the noise. Just like the way that I know the voice of my wife. You know, I mean, my, my wife and I have been together now for 16 years. You know, we've been married for nine. In fact, our wedding anniversary is in another 10 days or so, right? We've been, we've been together for a long time. So I know a voice. If my wife, I mean, you can put a group of women here and let her speak. I can, I can discern a voice because I have trained myself. 
I've spent enough time with her to recognize her voice. It's, it's the same thing with my kids. I mean, even my, my two weeks old baby, I can't, if he cries, just which day was it, two days ago, I was, go, I was going to meet them downstairs in the, in the car, and I could hear from the elevator, I could hear him, him crying. <laughs> I knew his voice. I knew that, ah, that's, 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 that's baby logic. So, so it, 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 it comes with spending time with God. You, you begin to understand the voice of wisdom. You know how God communicates to you. You know how God speaks to you. You know when God is trying to, even if he's using riddles, even if it, you know, it's just something that is a strange coincidence that keeps coming on and on, then you, you begin to piece things together because you, you have learned the voice. You have learned the voice of wisdom. You, you, you know how to discern it. So if, if wisdom has a voice, who is this wisdom? Because we, we keep saying wisdom as if wisdom is a thing. But I'm, I'm going to shift you now to, to really, really understand what wisdom is. Let, let the scripture tell us what wisdom is. First Corinthians chapter number 1 and verse 30. Let me show you. First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. Here's what it says. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Look at that. For our benefit, God made Christ to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. So who is wisdom? Wisdom is Jesus. Wisdom is Jesus. So he is the one calling out at the intersection. He is the one screaming at the top of his lungs at, at every crossroad of your life because he wants to communicate something with, to you. There's something that he wants you to see at that very intersection that will, that will set you apart for the rest of your life. And you, you, if you know anything about the Bible, you know that in the Bible, all things usually point to Christ. Most of the stories, if not all, every single one, there is always, because this is what the Bible is. The Bible is, is Christ Jesus revealed to us. So everything from the Old Testament was just pointing towards Jesus Christ. But most times when you read things like this in the Bible, you need to understand that. That's the reason why John chapter 10 verse 27 says, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. John 10, 27. I'm trying to let you understand that wisdom is Jesus, okay? My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So if you, if you are a sheep, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, Jesus is saying, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So you are, you are able to recognize the voice of Jesus. You are able to know and discern when Jesus is speaking to you. You know it and you can understand it. Now, the Bible also says, tells us that wisdom was created before the heavens and the earth. In that Proverbs chapter 8 that we're reading, that's what it says. It says wisdom was created before the heavens and the earth because God knew he couldn't do anything without it. Now we know that wisdom is Jesus. So it says, Proverbs 8, 22 to 29, the Lord formed me from the beginning. This is wisdom speaking. This is Jesus speaking. Before he created anything else, I was appointed in ages past, at the very first, before the earth began. I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth their waters, before the mountains were formed, before the hills I was born. Before he had made the earth and fields and the first handfuls of soils, I was there when he established the heavens, when he drew the horizon on the oceans. I was there when he set the clouds above, when he established springs deep in the earth. I was there when he set the limits of the seas so that they would not spread beyond their boundaries, and when he marked off the earth's foundations. So this is wisdom telling us, this is Jesus telling us that it was there at, at the very beginning. So I'm just trying to show you that all of these things is making it clear to us that wisdom is Jesus. He is the one calling out to you at every, every present crossroads that you found yourself in. You know what John chapter 1 verse 1 to 3 says? John chapter 1 verse 1 to 3 says, in the beginning the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. 
he existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. So this is Jesus speaking. Wisdom is Jesus. Wisdom says he wants to pour out his spirit upon you and make known his words to you. This is what wisdom is, is calling out for at the intersection. He wants to pour out his spirit on you and make known his words to you. you find that in Proverbs chapter number 1, verse 23. It says, turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. What is the importance of this? Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to, to guide my feet and a light for my path. So when he says, I want to pour out my spirit on you and make known my words to you. Don't forget we talked about eyes to, to, to see and ears to hear. So the word is a lamp, which is your eyes to see. Your, the word is a lamp, that's eyes to see. Your, 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 the spirit is a guide, which is ears to hear. So as you are, you are navigating your life, God wants to give you his words. He wants to, the, 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 the wisdom that is calling out at the intersection is Jesus wanting to give you his words. He wants to give you his words as a guide to your feet. And the spirit of God now will now, will now, will now be your guide to lighten your path. All right? As the word of God lightens your path, the spirit of God guides you, tells you what to do. It's that voice that is leading you in the way that you need to go. And then these two things work together, work hand in hand. John chapter number 16, verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, it will guide you into all fruits. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. So how do we make sure we hear the voice of the Spirit clearly and see clearly at every intersection? Like I said before, you need to tune out every other voice. It's like when you're traveling along the road, you're going on, on a busy road in downtown, or the, you know, forget, forget coronavirus now, we're before COVID. When you're traveling on the road and there's a lot of people, all right, you can tune out their voices by either putting your own, you know, headphones on and, and play yourself your, your own music as something that will communicate to you directly and tune out all of those voices. This is what we need to do to be able to, 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 to concentrate on what the Spirit of God is trying to communicate to us. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, as I, as I begin to tie this up. Romans chapter 4, verse 23. Next week, we'll get into some, some really deeper things, okay? Uh, guard your heart, it says, above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above everything else, for it determines the course of your life. Your, your, your ears and your eyes are the gates of your heart. Now, I, I, I I'll slow down a bit here so that you catch this. You see, your, your ears and your eyes, the reason why he's talking about eyes to see and ears to hear is because your natural eyes and your ears are the gates to your heart. Whatever enters your ears and your eyes have entered your heart. Whatever enters your heart has entered your life. I'll say that again. Your eyes and your ears are literally the gateways to your heart. That's what they are. Whatever enters your eyes and your ears have come into your heart. Anything that enters your heart has entered your life. That's why it says guard your heart above everything else. It determines the course of your life. It literally determines the course of your life. All right, so Matthew chapter number 13, verse 15 to 16. Matthew 13, 15 to 16. It says, for the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand. And they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. So, so, so then it says in verse 16, for but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. It's, it's like what Jesus told the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 as well. It says, brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things 
For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the things that are going to come out of your, of your mouth are going to be determined by the things that are inside your heart. What you, have, what you have allowed your ears and your eyes to see. This is why it's so important, what you are feeding on. It is so critical. This is not about being religious. This is about being spiritual. This is understanding that these are gateways to your heart. These are gateways to your life, literally. So you need to understand, like, like we always say, if you're, you're, you are getting more information from mainstream and social media, your depression is self-inflicted. But I'm not trying to be hard on you. That's, what, that's the truth of the matter. So you need to understand that you, you have to be the watchman now. It says guard your heart. Guard your heart. And, and I've told you before that that's a military term that was used there. You know, mount guard up on your heart to understand that I can't, I can't allow just anything to go through this channel. I have to monitor what comes into my heart. I have to monitor what goes into my, into my heart. And because whatever enters my heart has entered my life. So we'll pick it up from here next week, okay? And we'll, we'll begin to break it down a little bit more. I want to show you some critical things in the life of Jesus, in the life of Solomon concerning wisdom. And I know that God is going to help us, you know, with, with this. I, I, I really want to encourage you today, if, you, if you, you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, the Bible says Christ has been made for us wisdom. So accepting Jesus into your life, you are literally accepting wisdom. That's what you are doing. You are accepting wisdom into your life. Let me show you Proverbs chapter number 9, verse 10 here. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So I want you to, to start this journey today to, to embrace Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior. If you're there, you've never said this prayer. I don't care if you have been going to church. <laughs> if you have never made Jesus, made a conscious decision to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior, you, you might have a Christian name. You might have a Christian background. You might, you, your parents might, might be pastors. If you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you need to do that. And all it takes is a simple prayer. It's a very simple prayer, but it's a powerful prayer. And your name will be written in the book of life. And you will begin this journey of, of this relationship with, with wisdom, who is Jesus Christ. Let, let me pray with you. Say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart that you came to die for my sins. I confess with my mouth that God raised you from the dead on the third day. I accept you into my life today as my Lord and as my Savior. Come into my life and do something with it. Now, I want you to say, Holy Spirit, I receive you today. Say it one more time. Say, Holy Spirit, I receive you by faith today in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray for your son, your daughter, and this ones who have said this prayer today by faith. I ask, oh God, that you will cleanse them. I ask that you will accept them in the name of the Lord Jesus. Write their names in the book of life and let them begin this new journey and this relationship with you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. All right. This was just the first part of this message. Uh, trying to go simply and, and slowly and not make it complicated. Next week, we'll get into some more things. I, I want to encourage you to, to, to try to join us for that. Okay. And don't, don't miss it out. Uh, just a couple of announcements uh, that, that we, we want to share with you. I, I said this last week in case you missed it. We're going, to, we're going to be doing a three-day uh, fasting and prayer program uh, that, that would hold from June the 3rd to the 5th uh, of June in 2021 this year, okay? Uh, and it's, it's maybe two or three weeks away now, uh, but we're, we're, we're making the announcement early so that you can prepare, okay? I know some people need one or two years' notice to fast <laughs> for three days, so that's why we're, we're making the call now. Prepare your heart. If you're, you're, you're watching from anywhere else in the world, you don't have to do this. You can join us for the prayer sessions, but you don't have to fast. But if you're a member of this house, this is for you. 
The fast is not optional, except you have a medical reason why you cannot. Okay, but even even you know whatever it is, you know, in the in the in the boundaries of wisdom, <laughs> you know, you can still fast. All right, but I, I want to encourage you. The whole day is what we're doing. You know, from six to six is what we are doing for this. All right, this one is not try break at twelve o'clock or break at three o'clock. It's nothing like that. We're fasting the whole day, and we'll come together and pray at seven p.m. If by then the restrictions have been lifted, we will come in here and pray. If not, we will be online like this, and we will pray every day at 7 p.m. for those three days, all right? And, and we will see what God is going to do. This is going to be a reset for the second half of this year. And God wants to do some really special things in our life, and I'll tell you more about that as we go along, all right? So every Sunday we're here online uh, at 10 o'clock in the morning, and the service will be up for you to, to share with other people and, you know, everyone else, you know, a lot more people watch the service after the service is done than the people who actually join while it is while it's on, you know. But I want to encourage you, if you're a member of this house, you need to be tuning in at 10 o'clock in the morning because that is that is that is the time that we have dedicated to God to give him, you know, uh, for this time. So let, let's make it a discipline so that when we come back to, to church, you will not be too tired <laughs> to be waking up on Sunday at 10 o'clock, all right, because you can really, really get into that habit where it becomes a burden rather than a delight. And you don't want that to happen, all right? So this is next week. Uh, I will be sharing the second part of this message, uh, Wisdom for, for Crossroads. All right, so let's, let's say a word of prayer. Uh, again, I want to thank every single one of you. God bless you so much. We appreciate you. We appreciate all of your feedback. And if you, if you want to communicate with us, this is the, the email address that you can use to send us you know, any, any questions, testimonies, feedback, anything that you want to communicate with us uh, here. And we'll receive that and we'll be able to respond to you. All right, so let me pray with you and we will, be, we will be on our way. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I want to thank you once again for today's service. Thank you for your word that has come so simply, so powerfully. I pray, oh God, that this word will take root in our lives in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you for this word, and by the power of your Holy Spirit, we ask that you establish every single one of us in this truth and in all righteousness and good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Believer's House. We hope you've been blessed. Please visit us at www.believershouse.church for more information about our church or to send us your questions, comments, and feedback. We hope to see you again soon.